Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over bidding an account, things to do and things not to do. And I think this is a great time to go over this so that in the spring, or when you start to do a lot of bidding, you're going to have a script, you're going to have everything ready to go. So you don't make some common mistakes and you don't kind of outbid or bid against yourself or lose the account because you didn't bid it correctly. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So the title of the podcast is Bidding Yourself Out of an Account. And this could happen for a number of reasons. And I think the first reason that you don't get the bid is not because someone underbid you or someone maybe presented things better, which could happen. But I think there are a few things that you kind of need to do to make sure you win that bid. And it's not always, again, underbidding that wins the bid. You're actually selling yourself to the customer when you get there. And you probably have to practice this with your spouse or a friend to see if you've got this down pretty good because the first impression is usually the only impression that's going to make a difference. And, you know, if you're a reader, there's a really great book by um, Malcolm Gladwell. He writes a lot of really good books, and this one's called Tipping Point, and it's about the small things that can make a big difference. And he talks about the first impression that you would get, and he starts off the book by talking about a statue at the Getty Center, and the experts looked at it and something wasn't quite right, and then the book goes into details about how their first impression of the statue was an accurate impression of the authenticity of that statue. So your first impression is the only impression that matters. And this is like anything, and, you, and you've and probably experienced this yourself. When you meet somebody, you get the first impression is not the greatest. And you, there's ways that you can kind of counteract that so that the first impression works really well in your favor. And I think the first way is to make sure... You carry a clean shirt in your truck. So I always have an extra shirt in my truck. It may not be wrinkle-free because sometimes I don't kind of hang it properly. But at least it's clean and it looks presentable. So I'll put that on when I'm doing some kind of bid or when I'm meeting a customer outside of my regular course of service. So have a clean shirt. The other thing you want to do is you want to be very approachable and you want to kind of introduce yourself use sir and ma'am. I know that we're in California, we don't say that very often, but I know in other states it's very common. So present yourself as someone who's polite, of course. And if it's a housewife or lady, you probably don't want to shake hands anyway in this kind of era because of the COVID thing. People are kind of, you know, eh, when it comes to handshakes. But you probably just want to say hi in the best way you can. If she puts her hand out, of course, shake it. And if the gentleman puts his hand out, of course, shake it. 
But in most cases, nowadays, that's kind of going away. And you can talk your way out of a bid. And this is kind of what I was referring to with the title. And if you talk too much and you're trying to be overly friendly or if you're talking to the kids or, you know, just being kind of weird, weirdly friendly, like you don't know these people and you're like just being overly friendly, chances are you're going to lose that bid because that's not really a business kind of personality that you want to present to somebody being overly friendly, like you're their best friend already and you're going to service their pool. It doesn't work. It kind of doesn't work because the other person may not be like that, that they see next you know, after you or before you, and they'll get a better business feeling from someone who is just really business oriented. I don't know how to explain that. So I'll give you an example, I guess, would be the best way to, to explain it. And so I have a group member in my group. His name is Andreas, and he services Riverside. He's expanding actually to Las Vegas also. And he's been doing this for maybe three, four years, maybe. So when he first started, he really knew nothing about pool service. He joined my group and, but he had, he was 27 or 26 when he started, but he had this way of presenting himself because he's a, a purely, he's a businessman by nature. And he would walk back there. He would look at the pool and he would basically tell the customer, yeah, I'll take your pool on. It's going to be 150 a month. We can start you next week or at the end of the month. And working with my team, you're not going to have any problem with your pool. It's going to look perfect every week. And whenever you're ready, here's my card. Just give me a call and we can start service. And that's basically what he did. He just went back there, looked at the pool, gave them a bid. He didn't do any small talk. He didn't, you know, well, what's your kid's name? None of that stuff. He just went back there, gave the bid, gave him the card, and just waited for the call, which invariably would come because that that kind of presentation has weight to it. You know, you walk back there, you kind of know what you're doing or you present the fact you know what you're doing, even though back then he didn't. Now, of course, his talk is a lot even is even better because now he knows what he's doing. But that's kind of what I mean by talking too much and talking your way out of it. So you don't want to spend a lot of time back there. You want to go there, bid it. It shouldn't take you more than five minutes to come up with a reasonable bid for service. Give them the quote. Tell them to call you when they're ready for service. And if they have any questions, they can text you. And leave it at that. And they'll respect that. I think people's, people, people have an expectation of getting something bid. And time is money for a lot of people. They don't want to stand there entertaining you while you go through a long speech about, you know, this and that. So that's the first thing you want to do is keep it short, keep it concise, almost like an elevator speech, but maybe a little bit longer than that. And you want to make it presentable so that people think or know, or you should present the fact that you know what you're doing and know what you're talking about. So that's the first thing that I think is a big hurdle for people, especially if you're kind of introverted and you can't talk for more than 30 seconds, that's a problem. Or if you're extroverted and you over-talk, you got to kind of taper that down and kind of bring that back in so that you can just do a straight bid, give them what you know what you think's going to be for the pool service and be on your way. Now, there are some things that you have to do when you do the bidding, and that's you're assessing the customer too. So... If you get the impression that the customer is someone who might be hard to work with, I mean, if they look, if they seem overly picky, and I know it's hard to tell when you first meet the the person, but there are some red flags that may pop up at you, and don't ignore those. I did a bid one time, and the husband was there, and he's a lawyer. He's like, so 
Um, I'd like to see a copy of your liability insurance. If you want to email that to me, I'd like to have that on file. And he just went like really crazy with like a lot of things he wanted. And I was like, all right, thank you. And, you know, you got to assess that and realize that this customer is probably not what one that you want. I mean, he's the only person I think that's ever asked me for my liability insurance. Sometimes a customer will ask you for your, your license, your business license, or any certification you may have. Very rarely will that happen, but if you have it, have it with you. And that's kind of a red flag there when someone is like asking for your liability insurance. It may not be, I mean, but it's uncommon. So that's something that popped up that I was like, eh, I don't know. And also look at their cars. I know that you can't judge a book by its cover, but if their yard looks like it hasn't been taken care of in months and the pool equipment is like really ancient, you may have problems with that customer upgrading the system or keeping the pool running. So those are kind of like things that you would want to notice when you get there that are pretty, you know, noticeable. Like, you know, if the car has their their tires are off and they're up on bricks, you know, that's kind of like, okay, maybe this customer is not going to pay me. Things like that pop in your head, of course, when you see things like that. So kind of keep your eyes open. And it's kind of like what they say about marriage. You know, before you get married, you want to keep your eyes wide open. And then once you're married, keep them half shut. And that's kind of how it is when you're bidding for an account. You want to look at everything to make sure that, you know, this is an account that you really want. Look at the trees over your head. Look at, you know, maybe the pool looks really good because the other pool guy is taking care of it at that moment. Or maybe, you know, you're out of season with a certain trees. Like, for instance, if you're bidding this pool now and there's eucalyptus trees, the pool's going to look immaculate because in October, November, December, eucalyptus trees aren't dropping anything. But... May, June, July, August, the pool is totally littered with leaves. So just kind of be aware of the kind of trees that are there. Same with oak trees. You may look may look spectacular to you, but know that in April through most of the summer is going to be dropping pollen and leaves in there. So these are things to consider because you're not just assessing the pool for the customer to give them a bid. You're assessing the pool for yourself if you want to take this account. Another thing that I always tell people is don't touch anything. It's not your account, and so don't be flipping the trip on off trippers on on the equipment. Don't try to show off with the automated system. I had one guy, brand new, he was you know trying to show the customer he knew what he was doing, and he hit the wrong button in the automated system, and he put it in spa drain mode. It was just a real mess for him, and so I talked him through how to put everything back. So don't touch anything because if you turn that timer on and the motor, you know dies right there they're going to think that you did it or blame you for it i wouldn't really touch anything there and just hands off bidding give them a quote and then when you come back for the equipment assessment which is going to be part of your bid of course because you're going to check everything out to make sure it's working when you get the account then you can start going through the checklist of all the things that you think may need to be replaced or whatnot you know when you get a house appraised the appraisal will go through a whole list of you know how long does the air conditioning unit have left in life? How long does the heater have left? He's not turning it on and off, per se. He's just looking at the unit and seeing the age of it, and he's making the assessment. And that's kind of what you're doing there. You're giving an assessment of the equipment visually, and then later on you can actually do a full assessment and check everything out. But while you're there, you're just bidding the pool. And you also want to avoid maybe talking bad about the company and the servicing the pool. You may notice, like, algae... Or something just not right, maybe the pump basket or skimmer basket is cracked or whatever. You just don't want to say anything about the company. You don't know the history of the other company or how the customer 
thinks about the other company. You may be taking over a route for someone who passed away. You may be taking over a route for someone who's sick or someone, you know, who knows what the situation is. So you just don't want to say anything negative about the other company because you're not sure about the other company. And it's probably not good business practice anyway to say something negative about the other service company that makes you kind of look like you're talking down. And you don't want to do that either in business. You want to say good things about your competition if you can and not talk down about them. And again, you don't know the history of the service company or the history with the client. So it's better to stay mum on that situation when you see something that definitely is something you wouldn't do or maybe out of line, but I just wouldn't bring it up. It's not really your place. You're doing the bidding and then you're going to take over the account. So all those problems are going to disappear because you're going to be doing the pool from that point on. I think you also want to keep things simple. You know, in most areas, people still like to have something physical given to them, like a price sheet. You can email it to them or text it over to them, whatever, but keep it simple to where, okay, here is my rates. Here's how much I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do um, when I do your pool. These are the things that I do when I do the service and give them a simple sheet explaining what you're going to be doing each week and things that are included, things that are not included, and just keep it really simple one page so they can read it and kind of scan it and know that you're legitimate because you have an actual rate sheet. You don't need it. I mean, you can give someone a quote and not have the sheet, but some people like to have that paper to refer to. So definitely if you have the means to make one and print one and make it look nice with your logo, maybe some graphics on there, definitely do that and have that with you when you do the bid. It kind of makes a little difference with certain people. And then last, I think, don't overpromise. I think one of the things you get in trouble with is like if you see stains in there, you're like, oh yeah, I can take care of those. And or if you see something with the tile, oh I can clean that. You're overpromising sometimes and you you can't deliver. And then it looks like you're just talking to get the account. And the customer may bring that up later saying, When you took when you took the account, you told me you can get rid of that stain and it's still there. So no promises. In fact, any kind of stains, any kind of calcium buildup on the tiles, anything that's outside the realm of the water being balanced, like, you know, of course, if it's yellow, yellow algae or the pool's got some green algae, you can clean that up and you can tell them you'll take care of it because you know you can do it. But if it's something that's outside that realm, like a stain or something else, don't promise you can get it off. You can just tell them, well, I'll assess it, I'll look at it. And I'll see, you know, I could try a few things, but there's no guarantee it's going to come off. It may have been on there for a long time. And I could try a few things, and it may work, it may not work. These kind of things are kind of hit and miss, so just let you know ahead of time. But as far as the algae, I could definitely take care of that and clean it up. And so kind of keep it to the point where you can't overpromise things. I just had my son had his camera fixed at a repair shop. And the guy was a good example of this. He's like... We can uh, clean the camera for you for 169 it's a, it's a DSLR camera. And we'll clean everything for you, the sensor and everything. And then we'll see if we can fix the problem. And we may or may not be able to fix it. You know, something that's something that we can fix or we can't fix. We'll let you know. I'll send you a message letting you know if we can or not once we open it up and take a look at it. And that's kind of how you want to be. You want to kind of be open-ended. You don't want to say for sure, like he could have said, yeah, we can take care of it and fix it, no problem. He just said, we may be able to, and may not be able to, which means basically they might be able to, or they may not be able to. And I think that's the same thing with anything with the pool related. Don't overpromise anything to get the account. 
because it could come back to hurt you later when the promise is not fulfilled. And again, just to recap everything, keep things simple, don't over-talk, have a simple price sheet, a simple message, keep the bid short, people's time is money, they don't want to be back to entertaining you, and if they want service and they like you and they get a good first impression, they're going to definitely call you back, and they may have two or three other bids, so I wouldn't spend too much time anyway because you may not get the account, and you're bidding against other people or giving a bid and other people may get the account. So keep that in mind also that you don't want to spend 20 minutes there assessing everything or 30 minutes and not get the account and you're just wasting your time. So keep everything simple and it's going to really help you and your business and it'll help the customer realize that you're someone legitimate that has a lot of things to do with your time. You're not going to stand around talking to them all day and those are important factors when you're doing the bid. And in case you're wondering about the camera, he did clean it up. There, there's still a little bit of an issue with it, so he didn't quite get it working, and he never promised he could, and so that's fine. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com, on the banner, click on the podcast icon, and it'll take you to other podcasts I recorded. I have over 750, 750 podcasts, so there's definitely something there for you. And if you're in the business and you want to enhance your service business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.